0: Saving it up, Friday night, with the Sultans, with the Sultans of Slam, and welcome to the Slam, come on slam, Hey welcome to the Sultans of Slam for July 4th, 2020, happy Independence Day. To our neighbors to the south. It is 4 20 p.m. on the dot Saturday. Uh, we've delayed this a day as we recorded a public beta podcast yesterday. We will get back on track next week. You will hear me and Reed on Wednesday, maybe with a special guest talking about Last of Us Part 2 for one last time, and then back on Friday talking about AEW and anything UFC Reed wants to discuss. I am going it alone today. I have a review here of AEW, uh, what I like to refer to it as Super Dynamite, uh, aka Fighter Fest Night 1. Live from uh, Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. It could be a brief uh, episode. I I only have this uh, to present to you today. So let's get down to it. Thank you for joining me. Uh, So we have what I assume are uh, Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders uh, kind of lounging ...on uh, on lawn chairs uh, throughout, which is always weird. I assume they are told that they could be on camera at any time, so act as if. But of course, they constantly catch them with bored expressions on their face. I always thought this would be better if it was a mix of, let's say, male and female cheerleaders... ...just, like, shooting the shit. Just good-looking beach people hanging out uh, in in little, like, pods throughout the arena... ...just, like, chatting it up. Social distancing, if possible. Because uh, this is this is weird. Uh, it has a weird energy to it. I always feel that it does. Anyway, JR invites us. Chris Jericho will be joining them on the announce team for the night. Uh, first out the gate, we have MJF and Wardlow versus uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the Jurassic Express. Marco Stunt comes out with them as well. MJF and Wardlow come out first. MJF grabs a stick, starts talking, saying he's got a bad case of deja vu. they got to keep putting these guys down. Uh, he mentions that they are involved in a ratings war. And if you want to win, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna need to put MJ inject a little more MJF into your show here. Uh, good stuff from our MJF as usual, burying his opponents here. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus enter. Uh, Chris Jericho buries MJF's robe. Said he he had a great promo there on the mic, but uh, is not a fan of the pink getup. Everyone gets pyro tonight. It's fighter fest. goddammit. damn uh, So they were blowing shit up all night long, and I'm here for it. They also had some uh, some palm trees decorating the the upper ramp area. Uh, and, and in general, they, they spiced it up compared to a standard Dynamite. Uh, but truly what this was, was a, a, TV, a TV pay-per-view, if you want to call it that, with picture-in-picture, with commercials here and there, uh, and and just wrestling. Not a lot of stuff in between to set up angles or anything like that. There were some videos and vignettes and stuff like that, uh, But but most of it was kept to a minimum. It was mostly in ring action all night long. Speaking of uh, in-ring action, MJF and Wardog, as he's referred to in this uh, match, tag in and out and dismantle Jungle Boy. Uh, Mike Knox misses a tag by Jungle Boy while Wardlow uh, distracts uh, the the ref, as it were. Uh, Luchasaurus uh, tagged in finally with a huge pump kick on Wardlow. Pump kick was like the move of the night Everybody was hitting pump kicks, and also that move where you Irish whip uh, your opponent into the corner where your tag team partner is waiting, and he's got his boot up on the top rope to just get him in the face. All right. uh, Luchasaurus clears MJF from the ring. Uh, lots of kicks and sweeps on Wardlow. Uh, we work our way into a hot shot for shot thing in the center of the ring, which is always good. Uh, they trade slams. Jungle Boy fires up and delivers three topes to MJF. Wardlow tries to save MJF, but eats a tope of his own from Luchasaurus. Near fall on MJF, uh, broken up by Wardlow just in time. Jungle Boy counters a uh, F10 from Wardlow with a Poison Rana. That was pretty damn cool. MJF uh, with an eye poke when the ref's not looking. Uh, we get a power bomb here, a super kick. Everyone is down. Uh, they do a a pair of of, of kip up, ups in in canon here. So Jungle Boy and MJF kip up, uh, followed by the two big men. Uh, good good visual here. Uh, Jungle Boy gets a super Canadian destroyer uh, here on Canada Day when this took place. Uh, yeah. Marco Stunt tries to get involved with the match, is tossed out on the on the ramp there. That was very close to disqualification, getting uh, involved in a match you are not in. MJF with a low blow, uh, and Wardlow off the top rope. Uh, j- j- just some good good stuff from uh, from the two of them. Chris Jericho uh, in love with, uh, what do I have written here? WC. Don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Lucha kicks out. They, uh, they do a ring spot here where uh, MJF pulls the ring from his, the front of his shorts uh, and he he's he, of course they got uh, I think it's Jungle Boy tied up on the ropes or whatever but uh, goes to the punch uh, nearly misses punching Wardlow gets punched into pushed into many ways so Wardlow eats uh, let's say a 50% power punch from the diamond ring they gotta stop using this thing because every other time this diamond ring comes out Wardlow is the one who ends up being punched by it uh, we get a huge combo of moves here. Jungle Boy uh, kicks MJF off the apron. And uh, Luchasaurus is able to put away Wardlow with a series of moves including a standing salt. moon salt, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, 1, two, three. So uh, J- the the Jurassic Express pick one up here. A little dissension between MJF and Wardlow. You can slow burn that all you want. Uh, the, these guys have a believable rivalry and can meet each other at any point. Always feels competitive and aggressive and uh, good times. So we hit to a commercial break here. Uh, when the All Elite Wrestling Puppy Battle Royale is uh, announced, that's going to be something for next week. Uh, apparently, so look forward to that. Uh, during uh, coming back from this commercial break, we get a ringside fight between Joey, uh, Joey Janela, Sunny Kiss, uh, Lance Archer, and Jake. Is there lots of pushing, lots of yelling, and of course, Lance Archer will face Joey next week on night two of Fighter Fest tonight. Still to come. Private party with Matt Hardy versus Santana and Ortiz. Cody uh, versus Jake Hagar for the TNT Championship. Uh, Sheeta versus Ford for the Women's uh, Championship will be next, and of course, the main event: Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Best Friends. We get a recap of the feud here uh, for the women's uh, uh, championship, of course. Penelope Ford has kind of stepped in in lieu of Britt Baker being injured, as far as anyone knows. Uh, Chris Jericho puts over uh, Shida's English skills, uh, as when she came over to AEW, uh, they were severely lacking, and she's made a big effort uh, to, to learn English, to be able to cut promos and stuff on TV. So good for her. Uh, Kip gets ejected pretty early from this match. He, of course, uh, comes down with Penelope Ford. Uh, back and forth, they fight into the break. Uh, Ford with a, with a nail rake here. Uh, stands on Sheeta's hair. Lots of good, just grinding uh, heel tactics here. Uh, lays in a hold, a slam, a near fall. Uh, the ladies exchange slaps in the ring. Sheeta blocks a stunner with a sleeper hold. Uh, two back backbreakers, uh, back but Ford still kicks out here. Falcon arrow. Ford manages to re- reverse that into a pin attempt. Ford dodges a drop kick, hits a stunner for a near fall on Sheeta. Kip shows back up here while the ref is distracted with a kendo stick. Uh, he, he fucks up and just eats a kendo stick to the neck here from Sheeta And uh, Ford comes back in with another stunner and a near fall. Uh, we get a this is awesome chant from the scattered people uh, watching what's taking place. Ford misses a big moonsault. Shida with two knee strikes. Primal scream with a falcon arrow. And another near fall Ford. Looking like a million bucks here. Kicking out repeatedly out of the uh, champion's uh, best moves. Uh, we get one more kind of primal scream out of Sheeta here with a with a knee strike one two three and Sheeta retains the title. Uh, people are referring to this as Penelope Ford's greatest match. It's the greatest match I've seen her in anyway, and a pretty good showing uh, by the ladies here. Excellent. Uh, we get a, one of those uh, Taz breaks down the offense uh, videos about John Moxley, and he's specifically talking about the paradigm shift, how the uh, the deadliness. The uh, the effectiveness of the paradigm shift is based on Moxley's ability to really hook in those underhooks in the arm and drive the opponent's head crown into the ring, uh, and he's going to have a hard time doing that with uh, the, the machine, Brian Cage, as he's roided up and his arms are like tree trunks or something along those lines, uh, so so there you go, look out Moxley. Uh, these things from Taz are great. Uh, Taz, Taz had two things on this show, and both were great, so... Uh, we get Hagar with his wife, Hagar, uh, <laughs> Jake Hagar with his wife versus Cody with Arn Anderson for the TNT championship. Uh, as the announcers, uh, put it, this is a meat, meat and potatoes wrestling to start the, the match back and forth, strikes, holds, slams, uh, pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, Arn is talking shit at ringside, really getting under Jake Hagar's uh, skin here. He fishes Cody over to the, uh, to the side of the ring for an elbow. This uh, happens a few times in this match, um. After that, uh, Jake jumps down to ringside to mouth off to Arn, presumably, and eats a flying Cody. Uh, Back in the ring, Cody applies a figure four. Uh, Hagar is good at at selling the leg for the rest of this match here. A limping Hagar chases Arn outside the ring, kind of gets him in the corner there, only uh, for Cody to come out for the save and eat a suplex in return. Uh, I don't know if this is like an ongoing story, if this is something they're trying to start here, that Arn was actually kind of a detriment to Cody in this match. Uh, distracting his opponent only for Cody to ultimately get hit uh, in a dumb babyface way, but whatever, I digress. Uh, beautiful top rope cutter from Cody here, uh, but unfortunately he is unable to uh, to to maximize on the opportunity. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, as both men are down in the ring, selling. Cody fires up, he whips his belt off, gets a power slam on the, uh, the Jake Hagar here, who's a much, much bigger man than he. One, two, kick out. Uh, we get a Vader bomb. Which is uh, renamed the Hager Bomb here by the announce team. Uh, we get Hagar's wife getting involved here once during the commercial break, and here with a slap to Cody. Dustin gets involved on the uh, the ring side here with a slap to, uh, to to Jake. Cody counters a head and arm choke with a pin, and uh, Hagar loses here. Hagar thought he he had the tap from Cody. Cody manages uh, to keep his ring awareness around him and get Hagar's uh, shoulders to the mat and win this match. There you go. Scrappy match. I like this This Cody Rhodes defending this TNT championship. I think he's got an aggression uh, to him that's great. Uh, we could really put this character against any babyface or heel. And this style uh, where he's very determined uh, and and willing to do what he needs to do to win. I will work with anyone. And, uh, and, and as for Cody in terms of work in the ring, man, uh, you know, you've watched more Cody matches in the last month than you have uh, ever in AEW. And they've been fine. He's doing a good job. Good for him. Uh, story after the match here, of course. Hagar is very upset with the ref uh, as he thought he felt the tap and was the new TNT champion. He eventually ends up striking the ref here, uh, which you cannot do. You cannot hit an official. Uh, so he uh, he will be disciplined and he's sent to the back as a bunch of referees swarm the ring and clear things out. Okay, we get a video from Darby here. Apparently, Darby Allen uh, at some point here without. Me hearing anything about it. I know he had some allegations about uh, come out about him for one reason or another, uh and he was off the show at least for a week there. He he's back. Uh so whatever the case was there, uh they cleared things up. Uh and there you go. Sammy Guevara is uh, still and uh Jimmy Havoc are still two uh talents you see week to week on Dynamite that are currently absent due to uh allegations that came out against them. You can look into those further. If you so choose, or go back a couple episodes where we talk about it. All right. So uh, he gets—he's on the phone, basically saying he is not medically cleared to wrestle. I don't know what the the, the bent is here, uh, but then uh, it's time to skateboard. So he's doing backflips onto skateboards on a half pipe, uh, a full pipe, a three quarter pipe. Uh, just having a good time skateboarding with some buddies in the woods. Uh, sure. Okay. I don't uh, unless. Darby Allen is coming back from uh, his hiatus here with an all skateboard-related offense. Uh, I'm not really getting this. I'm not medically cleared, so time to do dangerous skateboard stunts. I don't understand what the what the end of that is, um, what is to come of that, the the idea that this man is not medically cleared, so going against the wishes of his company, doing dangerous stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's like when you're a professional athlete and you decide to... Uh, wasn't there like a MLB pitcher who was also doing like PBR bull riding stuff? And when MLB found out about it, they weren't too happy. It's their their investment there, so to speak. Darby, if you want to be a skateboarder, just be a skateboarder. There's no better time than 2020. Uh, we get an advertisement here for a Street Fighter Cross AEW shirt. Capcom apparently in bed with AEW here in terms of uh, releasing some merch and apparel. Uh, I know there's been some rumors of an AEW video game. I don't know if Capcom has anything to do with that. It seems, uh, all respect, due uh, a little small potatoes for an operation such as Capcom that is very picky choosy with what they develop and publish these days. But the shirt looks cool and you can go pick that up online. Alright, so Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Uh, not a whole lot to say about this one. Uh, Private Party still a, a bit green when it comes to... Uh, th- there seeming to be some miscommunications in this match. And I know Private Party and Santana Ortiz have worked together for a long time. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are just a solid team. Uh, you can kind of put them in the ring with anyone. And this was a fine match. Uh, at one point here, Matt Hardy, who's out with Private Party, cheering them on, steals the mad ball away uh, from the bad guys, as it were. And this thing ends with a gin and juice, as Ortiz couldn't get there in time to break it up. And Private Party wins. so They win an opportunity uh, at the Tag Championship next week at Fighter Fest Night 2. Uh, which I believe is the fill-in match for the Moxley cage match that has been delayed. More on that later. After this, uh, Orange Cassidy, who's been chilling at the announce desk, uh, more or less looking like he's been sleeping with his his feet up on the desk, uh, has just been eating uh, all kinds of uh, Chris Jericho's just been chewing him out uh, for one reason or than Orange Cassidy's just kind of stoically sitting there. At the end of this match here, uh, when uh, one member of Pride of Party comes over to dance... I don't remember which one. Uh, Chris Jericho kind of yells at him to run away. Splashes Orange, Orange Cassidy with some water, which gets Orange Cassidy to actually rise out of his seat and lazily kick it over. Chris Jericho takes this as a sign of ultimate disrespect and starts screaming, getting red in the face. Uh, just wait until next week, Cassidy. Orange, uh, uh, Chris Jericho really wants... His hands on freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy next week. And as far as we know, that's going to be the main event next week, too. Uh, Those guys should be able to have a good match. I mean, it would benefit a lot more from having a crowd, but what can you do? We get a commercial break here. Uh, When we come back, we got Dasha with uh, Kenny Omega and Paige. uh, Both, again, putting over the best friends, but saying, Hey, the titles are on the line, so uh, you better bring it, basically. Uh, next week, Chris Jericho... Uh, sorry, uh, Chris Jericho has left the commentary booth here for the last... He, he's so fired up, he's left. Next week, we'll get Nyla Rose in action. Dark Order, which will be Stu Grayson, Brody Lee, and Colt Cabana... Versus SCU in a six-man tag. Uh, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. Private Party versus the uh, Tag Championships... Which that will be the winner of the Tag Championship match still to come. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. An eight-man tag. Young Bucks and FTR versus Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Bros... Bring it on. We get an announcement here that July 15th... will be the Moxley versus Cage match at Fight for the Fallen... Uh, which I believe is going to be co-opted into some kind of uh, money-raising thing... For, for COVID or something like that. And uh, that's when that match will take place. So naturally, uh, Taz and Brian Cage come out here. Taz uh, gets on the microphone and is just captivating, captivating for all three, four minutes he's talking here. Uh, he, he tells it like it is. He tells the truth... He's like, hey, we test. You've been tested. You're clear to come fight uh, Brian Cage. What has ultimately happened here is Moxley has uh, erred on the side of caution. Having been so closely in in contact with his wife, who is COVID positive, has decided not to jeopardize uh, the health and safety of everybody at uh, AEW and is just taking the week off staying home, even though he has tested positive. So Taz is calling him out on this. Uh, He also says, hey, if you come back, if you would have come back here, you would have been tested a third time to show that you were negative. Uh, As they don't run a sloppy shop, uh, which is coming within the week here of WWE having dozens, uh, some we don't even know about, uh, COVID cases become uh, known, and uh, apparently WWE not too happy about this. I mean, the man, Taz, is just telling the truth, and that's what can ultimately make you hate him uh or make him a good heel is that he is telling the truth until the very end where he lies saying the only thing you've got moxley is a case of the chicken shits or something along those lines and basically calls the man out for being safe during a pandemic uh which is great uh which i didn't like so much last week on dynamite the way taz phrased it uh but this week it's just like okay it's 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 good now everybody's being precautious, being safe, you took your shot at WWE, Moxley will be back, uh, and July 15th, we will get to see Moxley and Cage. Looking forward to it. It's going to suck after uh, all this buildup for Cage to lose. Uh, I hope they, they do something for Cage. I hope he, he really takes Moxley to the limit here. We'll see what happens. Trent's mom, Stu, is that or her, or their mom, Stu? It's got to be Sue. I have to have meant to write Sue, not Stu. Trent's mom, Sue, drops the best friends off in a minivan uh, for their fight uh, in the same little corridor that FTR usually pulls their truck. And uh, here we go versus Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Adam Page, uh, who are dominant early, of course. Uh, they they are the stronger ind- independent wrestlers. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the announcers kind of put over the fact that Kenny Omega and Adam Page have seemingly made up or made friends since the stadium stampede. There's a uh, there's a bit more cohesion between the two of them, at least. Maybe not between Page and the Young Bucks, but... Uh, FTR show up a couple minutes into this match. They start offering beer to people. Uh, we go picture-in-picture. Picture. We get a massive top-rope axe handle I have written here from uh, Adam Page. Uh, Page and Trent exchange holds and chops. Back from the break, uh, Chuck Taylor fires up. The men brawl outside the, the ring. We get another pump kick to Chuck Taylor's face. Uh, Kenny Omega with a double foot stomp. We get a Fisherman's Buster from him, a near fall on Trent. Uh, Chuck Taylor in the, uh, in the ring with a Spike pile driver. Not the one that, like, the tag team version. I assume it's still called a Spike pile driver. I didn't look that up. Uh, but he, he delivers one to Kenny. He delivers two to Kenny in this match, actually. Uh, lots of tags in and out. Kenny breaks up a pin on Paige. Uh, Just in time, as Adam Page is about to lose those titles. Best friends take a moment to uh, lazily hug in the ring. Page and Trent battle in the ring for a near fall. Discus Lariat from Page puts Trent away. One, two, three. FTR offer beers. Kenny Omega initially accepts the beer before pouring it out, which uh, is taken as an insult by FTR. And the men start to kind of scrap the ring. The Young Bucks come out. And there you have it. Which is the first time I realized, hey, what if... What if Adam Page is lured to the side of FTR, and you could, you know, some point down the line have that six-man Adam Page in FTR versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Ooh, baby. So many options. Uh, I like in the tag division here, uh, the, the, you have these teams all kind of vying for that championship. Uh, they get a lot of opportunities, more than I uh, really feel they should. Like, private party getting a shot... Uh, at the tag belts next week. No, no way should they have that. They were like the fifth ranked team. Uh, they happen to beat Santana Ortiz, and now they they get the shot. Uh, I don't. Whatever. Uh, it's fine. But I like the idea of FTR coming out here. You know, scouting continuously uh, every week, coming out and uh, and you know they've yet to put the money where their mouth is. But uh, they're in a match with the Young Bucks uh, against Blade and Butcher and Lucha Bros next week, which should be phenomenal. That's about all I have to say about pro wrestling this week. Lots going on, uh, in and out of the ring, uh, all-time low ratings for Raw and SmackDown, uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard Fox behind the scenes not too happy, uh, about the, the, the urine spot, uh, with Jeff Hardy, and every time I hear about SmackDown, all I hear about is Jeff Hardy, like, that man c- cannot be the guy carrying the, the brand for you, and I, you know, some, apparently some people have, uh, stayed home now. Uh, I don't know if AJ AJ was on this past week, but Randy Orton's been kind of missing in action. Uh, don't know what's going on over there, but but NXT is the thing they are uh, outright pushing. That is the thing that they feel they need to counter program, uh, and and NXT itself has out uh, done AW in the ra- ratings now for two straight weeks. So uh, good good for them. Um, you know, it, it's weird that you would. See what's working elsewhere, see what's actually courting that young audience, and apply none of it to your Raw and SmackDown shows. Seems odd to me, uh, but we talk as little about WWE on this program as we can, for a reason. Okay. Uh, that's going to be it for Pro Wrestling this week, the Sultans of Slam. If you want to interact with the show, at TitsIceberg Iceberg on Twitter, Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com is my email address. You can comment, leave a topic or question anywhere you see this podcast posted. Thank you so much for joining me for this brief edition of the Sultans of Slam as we review Fighter Fest Night 1. We'll be back again next Friday talking about Fighter Fest Night 2 amongst some other things. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great 4th of July. I hope you had a great Canada Day and we'll talk to you again next week. That's the Sultans of Slam! welcome to- Come on like, and yeah. slam